for joining us for our series, Coffee with Pastor Kathy. Actually, today I'm drinking water from this cup, which is one of my favorite cups. It was given to me about 10 years ago. My son and his family took pictures from my mom's 80th birthday celebration. And so here are pictures of my son, my mom and me, and then my grandchildren. And on the back of the cup, it says, my heart and soul, my mom. And so I'm feeling a real need to be close to them right now, and I'm grateful for this special cup. Um, I'm also excited that today, uh, one of our members, Tia Kreitz, is talk, going to be talking with us. Um, a few weeks ago, Tia did a workshop at the church on finding serenity in times of anxiety. And lo and behold, now we are in the highest level of anxiety I think the world has known in a very long time. Tia is an ordained deacon in the New York Annual Conference. She's a licensed psychotherapist and pastoral counselor. She joined our church in December, but she had been a member many years ago and came back home. So we're delighted to have Tia with us today. Such a pleasure to be with you and with everybody who's watching. And my favorite cup for um, uh, many reasons is in my office where I can't be right now. And that cup says, my anxiety makes me human. Um, so I am doing video sessions from my home and sipping water out of, out of my, a different cup today. So thank, thank you, Tia, for being here. And I think you did that workshop on March 8th, Sunday, March 8th, and then the world exploded in a way. So can you tell us some of the highlights from that workshop and how things have changed in terms of the way you would have presented it now as opposed to then? Yeah, wow. We had no clue about the enormous anxiety-provoking event around the corner. Um, so we started just with uh, um, defining anxiety. And anxiety is a natural response. Uh, most people have heard of fight or flight. It's also freeze. Fight, fight, or freeze are natural reactions that our whole system goes into um, when there's a danger. And it's sort of a default setting for our primitive brain. So what it feels like is that you're, you're tight, um, you uh, are focused on problems. It's natural to be focused on danger and problems when you're, we're in this state. Um, and there's a down mood to it. Um, so you can see it's adaptive for um, when people were, you know, in uh, physical danger. So luckily, human beings are 
powerfully affected by what we focus on. And here's where we get to some spiritual cognitive therapy. So uh, it can bring on an entirely different state of our whole being, our body, our emotions, our mental capacities, just to focus on something positive. Uh, we could call it positive. Um, and what we worked on in the workshop was um, some of the specific positives that take us out of that default anxious state into a lovely um, state. And specifically, we were looking at what connects us to God. Um, so um, what, we, what we talked about uh, was we started with uh, the parish, which so many of us experience as a spiritual home. You know, strong spiritual leadership. I'm talking to you, girl. <laughs> and uh, moving music. Um, and so much about the church. There's some chemistry that creates that feeling of a connection to, to God and of being held. And uh, we could call it spiritual root, spiritual home. And then we were talking about how to bring that experience into our everyday weekday lives. Um, you know, for some people, they have traditional spiritual disciplines, um, like scripture reading or the upper room, um, and that really, or just remember your baptism, those words. And they're there. You know, they feel um, all of the stress goes down. They feel that really spiritual, numinous connection. Now, but this doesn't work for everybody. So that's where we got into um, some other uh, questions and ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. so, so, go ahead, no. Well, I, I think you also wanted me to say something about grief and loss. Yes, I did. Because I, I know there, there are people who have lost loved ones. And it's always hard. And right now, there is no proper way to, uh, you know, for a funeral or to gather at someone's home, the traditional things that we all, always try to do for people that we love. And there's also grieving this loss of the life we had, of, of the way we did things, and so many things that we now have lost. And how do we grieve properly? Yeah, well, just for a minute, you know, think of all the outlets that we were uh, so accustomed to in everyday life that we've, we've just lost. Of course, grief is a huge part of, of what we're feeling. Um, so the first tool for, uh, for coping is, you know, what we call normalizing. Um, that there's nothing strange or wrong with feeling a little down, a little um, low energy um, right now. It's a result of, uh, of grief. We also just are coping with enormous change, and that takes um, a great amount of energy. Um, so, um, excuse me. 
So uh, also, you know, when we talk about grief, there are the stages that everybody's heard of. And you might recognize that you're going through some of them. You know, um, there's the thought that, oh, this is all going to be over, you know, by Easter. And uh, I think Elizabeth Kubler-Ross might call that denial. Um, anger, where we're more irritable, you know. Uh, we have a shorter fuse. Um, and uh, depression. Um, bargaining, where if I just find the right mask, um, my family will not be affected um, and before we get to acceptance. Um, so, um, you know, the uh, one thing about grief is that old losses can be triggered by uh, a loss in the present. Uh, I have one client who went through a long period of uh, unemployment, and this is really kind of triggering that. Sure. He's very... Feels a lot of fear again, but also old, you know, old griefs and losses that you've had can be stirred up. Um, uh, and yes, of course, um, when uh, we are dealing with actual serious illness and death, it's it's all complicated right now because it's a natural human uh, need and it's it's healing to be physically present, yeah. to be together. And we can't do that right now. So, so grief becomes complicated right now. I know when I'm feeling a little down, which is not often, but you know, a little melancholy, uh, or thinking about my mom or people that I love, I might get out and go for a walk, but I can't get out and go for a walk or not for very long, or I've got to pay attention to the other people that are walking. If you had to list three things that we could do under the given circumstances, what, what are a couple of things that people can do if they're just feeling down? Well, um, I think the basic self-care is really important right now. Um, you know, getting, getting some exercise and uh, um, just, you know, some healthy sleeping and eating routines. We think of routines as being comforting for children, but they're very helpful for us when we're under stress. So finding some routines that, uh, that add rhythm to your day uh, so that there is some structure, some um, form to the day. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing is to give yourself a break. Um, and don't expect that you're going to have the same kind of energy, the same kind of patience, even, you know, the same A game for your work. Um, stress adds to all of that. So, um, you know, it really is um, important to, uh, to give yourself a, a break uh, on those things. So, but... I think anger, as you mentioned, is also a big part of that because, you know, I think some people are feeling helpless. And so when we're helpless, we might, you know, channel that anger or that frustration out on people that are in our house that, you know, now we can't go out. And so it's a lot of inside stuff. Um, what are some tools of dealing with anger just in the midst of all of this? Um, well, um, they, 
you know, anger is a release of tension um, often. So, um, you know, uh, if, if you don't want to be lashing out, you know, um, if your spouse is another adult, that's one thing. But, um, you know, if you, if you uh, really want to be de dealing with things in a, in a different way, um, uh, focusing on that tension. And, um, you know, uh, I'll go through a little bit of what we talked about in the, in the workshop as ways of tapping into um, a more calm and serene state. Uh, but um, so, you know, taking care of your own tension. Um, and, uh, and it's often when you're tempted to lash out, you're feeling especially helpless or vulnerable. So know that. Those are very hard feelings to tolerate, but find a different way. You know, journaling is wonderful. If you have a friend, you can just you know let it rip too. Um, but finding a different way, of getting out for a brisk walk, if you know you can keep away from people, um, because it it is um, it is a go-to for uh, some people when they are feeling that that vulnerability yeah, yeah I, I i know from your website that you uh talk a lot about home and yeah. making home a safe place and it's especially important now that we find those ways to make our home peaceful and to take those breaks when we need some personal time some me time and go to another room or whatever but figuring it out Mm hmm yeah well just the word home yeah. you know evokes the kind of comfort we all need right now when we're stretched and stressed and anxious um you know whether it's the physical place we live um or our families or a sense of you know being grounded in god's presence mm -hmm. god's love um and the physical home you know it can make a big difference yeah. to something that makes it a peaceful place mm -hmm. you know um just uh you know um bringing in some flowers um neatening up <laughs> when we're all holed up um something that music. signals through excuse me music well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then things that you do together with uh, your family or if you're single on your own, you know, uh, like maybe a cooking project. Um, those, you know, it's different for each of us, but what helps us to feel a sense of home? Uh, and we all, we all need comfort right now. Um, so in the workshop, we focused on some of the sort of unique um, uh, signals that take us to a sense of spiritual home. Mm -hmm. And it's not the traditional way for some people, mm -hmm. um, but um, the feeling of uh, being held by God as, you know, being held by someone, a human being we love is, is a great, it's, it's what, spells comfort to, to us. Um, so um, 
what I'd suggest to people um, and what we worked on in the workshop is to take some time and think about the times and places, some memories where um, you have felt really at peace or inspired or deep or really connected and grounded in the faith um, and list them. You know, those millennials, they make picture boards uh, here, Reverend Gilliard. Yes, they do. So if, they, if you want to do that with pictures, you know, on your computer or, or just jotting them down or just mentally uh, kind of listing um, the things that come up for you, you know, for some people, it's remembering the face of that loving woman in the back pew who's always you know, asking how you're doing, or your favorite grandmother, you know. Um, human love is where we connect to God's love initially. Um, or music is so powerful, you know, that it goes so deep. Um, and, you know, I think religious music for, for especially for many people, but, you know, poetry, writing, reading, um, scripture, um, get creative. Think about what it is real for you. And then places. There's something about really evoking a place, you know, what from your childhood, you know, somebody's home or um, a place in nature, a place where you have felt truly safe and comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, that's another uh, resource. So, um, what I suggest is setting the scene. Once you've got some of those memories and images or you know, the music up, um, find a way to relax your system. And, um, you know, deep breathing or I love a body scan, uh, which sounds a little new agey, but you choose a soothing color and the Holy Spirit is in it. Because the Holy Spirit does wish healing and peace for each of us and is with us. So um, then picturing it filling each part of our body and releasing tension and bringing peace and going all the way through the body. Whatever brings you into that grounded, relaxed state and then really bring up, you know, that grandmother's face, uh, saying I love you or uh, the um, hymn, you know, sing aloud the hymn or just hear it, um, but really be in the moment with it. Allow yourself to, to spend time with it and allow your body to respond um, because it is a whole state of body, mind, and spirit. And um, it is, um, it's a wonderful resource, uh, Reverend Gilliard, that we all have, I think, as religious people. Uh, we have a storehouse of experiences that connect us to God, but do we use them? That's the question. And sometimes it does take an intentional process to bring them into the present moment. Um, and then they're so valuable. Um, to restoring us um, to that spiritual home with Holy God that is our real um, comfort and, and home. Yep. So. 
That's, that's wonderful. That's amazing. I know for myself, I'm always already imagining that first Sunday when we're back, right? And I was talking to some colleagues the other day, and we were saying, no matter whatever that Sunday is, it's going to be Easter for us. And so I'm imagining, you know, like the church full, right? And, and all of these people that have been in these groups and, and that, you know, neighbors and people that we've met along the way, inviting them all to come and having an amazing worship service and singing the hallelujah chorus and standing on our feet and just how wonderful it's going to be when we're all together again. And that image, that hope of that is really, is really helping me right now. It's really kind of spurring me on because, and I know in the Bible talks a lot about that great coronation, that, that end time when Christ comes back. But I think for us in our lifetime, when we gather again with our community, it's just going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so wonderful. And that picture with yeah. as many specifics, yeah. you know, you yeah. can really hear the sounds, you can yeah. see the faces. Yeah the colors, yes. you know, uh, yes. to make it as clear and vivid. Yes. Uh, that's a resource that can carry you spiritually through the dry spells. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, what, there are no, no side effects, um, out free of charge. Uh, it's there for each of us. Well, Tia, you are amazing. And I, I, I got to know you before you came back to the church because we served on the district committee on ordained ministry together and we have colleagues in our conference. And you had said to me at one time that you would be uh, a, a presence, a sacred and supportive presence for people if they need you during this process. And, and I'm hoping that that's still true. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So they can... So um, the, the way they can find me, uh, I'm more than glad to be uh, a support, uh, to anyone right now. Um, my, uh, shall I just give my phone number? Um, whatever no? you feel comfortable. Yeah. My, my phone. Yeah. It, my phone is 917-400-8280. And also, you know, if someone contacts me, I have a, you know, a confidential video platform I use. Um, so I'd be glad to, to take some time. That's great. That's and great. Whatever I help I can. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I know Isaiah and I both will be available for folks who, who need to sit with somebody. And I hope that people will feel free to reach out because sometimes we just need an ear, as you know, right? We just need an ear and a heart. Need help tapping into the resources we have. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody has strengths, and it, it's it's about you know being able to tap into their their own strengths yeah. and yes. uh, resources. Wow! So thank you so much. And I was thinking about this because this is only our second time doing this, but I was thinking that we could end with. Um, some hope or what are your hopes for the future or for people in general or what are you hoping for? Mm -hmm. Well, there is a fifth phase of stage of grief and that is making meaning. Very helpful for us to think about what meaning might come out 
of this time. And for me, uh, my hope is that um, we would hold on to the value of the people uh, around us and their health and well-being and uh, the holiness of everyday life and not lose it again when the rush starts back up and there's so much more stimulation. So that's my hope. That's, that's great, that's great. I join you in that hope. And I'm also hoping that um, in the midst of all of this, we will try to take it one day at a time because sometimes it just seems overwhelming. But when I can chop it up in pieces, right? Uh, one day at a time, sometimes it's one hour at a time, I just gotta get through this hour, right? or this moment or this session rather than thinking about next week or in the fall or next year, what's going to happen. I just need to deal with today. So right. yeah, just, just take it one day at a time. Very and, important mechanism to keep, um, you know, present focus and uh, manageable. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, dear friend. We'll see you soon. Thanks for the opportunity and great to be with everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee with Kathy. This podcast is brought to you by Park Avenue United Methodist Church. Follow us on social media at P-A-U-M-C-N-Y-C. You can also support our ministries by donating at P-A-U-M-C nyc.org slash give. We hope you've enjoyed this coffee with Kathy. Until next time.